Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right, all right. It's one thirty-five in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We talk about Brent Ridge Ford and their President's Awards for customer satisfaction, their full transparency, their customer care after the purchase. But another big factor in the success of Brent Ridge Ford, like any great franchise, is stability. Here are some legacy-level stats for you. Service manager Kevin started back in 1998. Sales manager Chris, he's a Calgary Flames fan, in 1999. Uncle Milt, he's the rookie. He joined in 02. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff is committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Full disclosure, the Oilers are on the ice right now as we speak. In about 49 seconds, we are going to get to a sit-down one-on-one conversation that I did this morning uh, with Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. This text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, Bob, I, I'd like to have a dollar for every time you've told the Detroit story where you picked the Oilers to win. Is that the only time you've ever called one right? You know what? It might be. Uh, this text comes in to us from Jimbo. Bob, George is an excellent guest on your show. He brings a lot of interesting and excellent points. Randy says, George is like a character. Different texter, he's out of Brooks. George is like a character in a David Lynch movie. John says, every time George LaRock is done talking, I feel like I could run through a brick wall if he told me to do it that guy brings the juice again you can text us 780-496-0063 you know Bob uh, Dustin says Bob I'm golfing today but you know who's not golfing the Edmonton Oilers Uh, there you have it well that's because they're on the ice literally as we speak right now still to come on today's show Calgary Flames Season now, they didn't make till the playoffs, and Brad Trey Living turned down a contract extension. And now Daryl Sutter is no longer their head coach at 2.05 today for our friends at the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta, Eric Francis. But without further ado, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort. Well, actually, technically, this is not a live phone interview. We're going to go to our headliner today, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever seen. Trent. 
and the gang at Wilhawk Beef Jerky. You can search Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Let's get to our sit-down exclusive one-on-one interview with Jay Woodcroft. Well, Jay, first of all, just before we get to here and now and the, the future series coming up against the, the Vegas Golden Knights, some thoughts on uh, the experience your players gained and going through what you went through against the uh, LA Kings. And you knew it was going to be a close series. You have an immense amount of respect for them. And it ultimately did play out to be a very close series, didn't it? Yeah, I thought it was a good series. Um, you know, uh, LA plays a very unique style. Um, um, and it forces you to adjust and I thought our team did a really good job of being willing to adjust in order to do what it took to win that series. I thought the seeds um, were planted uh, at the last two regular season games versus LA um, but in the end it was hard fought and I'm proud of our players because it took a lot um, to find a way to win and um, in the end, we did. Uh, you spoke about the fact that you have a lot of good players, and uh, that's you know. And, you're, and after the game, Connor McDavid referenced you and talked about where he saw you amongst the coaches in the league. Uh, but one of the things that sort of in the final couple games and maybe separated the two teams a bit was your depth scoring and getting uh, you know a couple goals from Bukestad in Game Five. And you were better than LA in Game Five. Game Six, you could argue, might have been a bit of a toss-up, but at the end of the day, two goals from Clean Cost and a goal from Yamamoto. Can you just speak to the confidence? level you have as a coach knowing that you got you have more options in your lineup maybe than maybe than last year and uh, certainly than in past later teams that you didn't necessarily coach them you were well aware of what you had yeah I, I you know I'd go back to how you started that which was we got a lot of good players and um, that's a luxury for a coaching staff um, you noticed who was on the ice in the last three minutes of the game. Uh, those guys were playing well. Uh, they have our belief. Um, certain games play out in certain ways. Um, but one thing as a coaching staff we take a lot of pride in is making sure that we're using our eyes and using the real-time information that players are giving us in order to uh, govern our decisions that we're trying to make. Um, we're not always perfect with it, but uh, when you have a lot of good players like we do, um, you know, it's, a, like I said, a luxury for the coaching staff and I was happy to see those players rise to that occasion. In uh, game four where you rallied from the 3 nothing deficit, I, I think we can agree that might have been the turning point in the series. Uh, there was another turning point for me. You went back in game five to Stuart Skinner. You went back to playing Vincent DeHarnay a regular shift. You got Clem Costin re-engaged in the lineup. All three of those players were out of the mix by the middle of the second period of game four. How important is that to reinforce confidence and continue to work with those players? And is that maybe a different approach than, I don't know, maybe maybe the way you were coached 20, 25 years ago? Well, you know, like I, like I said, for us, we... Um, you know, we have belief in our players, unshakable belief in our players. And sometimes guys have good nights and sometimes there's tough nights. Uh, and then there's nights sometimes where uh, as a coach, I might want to try and do something and looking for matchups or, or, or want um, the other team to have to adjust to us in certain ways. So games play out in different ways. I think in the end, um, you know, we have trust and belief in all of our guys um, and I think um, you can say that as much as you want but you got to show it too and uh, heading into game five um, we showed uh, belief in our players and, and we were paid back in full 
Connor McDavid spoke after the game about Stuart Skinner winning at every level. Winning in junior, obviously, referencing American League. You had him in the AHL. He built currency with you there. Yeah. Uh, when you think, I mean, is he not the template for an Oilers organization that at times has been accused of not doing a great job developing players in terms of him taking the requisite steps in his journey to becoming a, goal, a goaltender in the NHL? Yeah, well, I think he's a great example of sticking to something. Um, you know, we drafted him for a reason. Our scouts saw something in Stuart Skinner and drafted him where they did uh, for a reason. Um, his development or ascension um, has been, you know, hitting different steps along the way, incremental steps along the way. Um, I think it's a great story for our organization. When's the last drafted and developed goaltender to win a playoff series for the Edmonton Oilers? I, I think that's a huge thing. And it's not that common around the NHL. So um, that's a huge win for our scouts, our development people, the American League franchise, um, and certainly uh, for us up in Edmonton. I think it's a, it's a great example of doing things the right way not being um, uh, pushed into rushing things um, but hitting the incremental steps along the way and in the end it's a credit to the player as well because he's he's taken a lot of steps it hasn't always been easy uh, but he keeps getting better Grant Fear 1991 is the answer to that. Uh, we're joined by Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. The Todd Jay thing was more of a storyline last year but it was, was it more difficult this year? Because he had more options. He had Drew Doughty back. They had, you know, Ardvidsson this year. They, they added Fiala. Uh, you know, they had a different Filardi in the lineup. Like, they were a deeper, better team than they were a year ago. Yeah, they were. They, uh, they you know, and we, we were able to close them out in six games. Um, we're a different team yes. than we were last year as well. You know, we've added, obviously, Ekholm and Bukestad at the deadline, but we have uh, a different look on uh, the goaltending position. Um, you know, we're, we had Costin and Janmark and, you know, these types of guys. Um, you know, the Todd and Jay thing, uh, you know, we're great friends. We'll always will be. I'm uh, forever grateful for the opportunity he's given me um, to leave Detroit and go to San Jose with him and then into Edmonton Um, but in the end you know we're both professionals and we understand that it's not about either one of us Uh, the other thing I would say um, is that you know we're different people than we were when we were together we have a different set of experiences I went to the American League and um, you know uh, have been informed by our ex- deep playoff run uh, last year going to the third round and you know he's taken a different path and they play a different way um, so we're different people so um, you know for us um, we're great friends but in the end it was about the LA Kings versus the Edmonton Oilers and I'm just happy the good guys came out on top there you go uh, you're not. Well, I think there's a lot of Oilers fans in Oilers country as well, pretty excited, and the broadcasters. So now it's Vegas, and a completely different animal, a team with a hard-pressed forecheck, yeah. a team with a lot of depth. Um, L.A. was, in the back half of the year, a top-three team uh, uh, defensively. You know, Even though they finished in the 20s in save percentage, yeah. um, they were pretty good defensively. Vegas is seventh in the league in the save percentage in the regular season, and everybody's wondering, how in the hell did they do it? Uh, Sean Burke back there might play a factor. He seems to be the goalie whisperer. They are not top ten in goals for goals against power player penalty kill, and yet they're the best record in the Western Conference. So 
What do, you know, I know you've had a chance to do a little bit of a pre-scout. What do you notice about their team besides the obvious, which is the, you know, that press that they play, the, the energy that they play with? It is a very different team. Their neutral zone is completely different as well. Yeah, we're going to have to solve a whole different set of problems. Um, and that is essentially what you do come playoff time is you try and problem solve. Um, I thought there was a lot of mental energy spent towards trying to figure out LA's neutral zone and and um, things that we could do to break them down. Um, you know, with this team that we're going to see uh, in Vegas, uh, they're number one. They're deep, four lines deep. They're um, you know paced by their back end. I think their back end passes the puck exceptionally well. Um, they have some speed through the middle of the rink with the centers that they're they're running. Um, they have experience. Um, you know, we're going to get tested in different ways. You mentioned their forecheck. They're four, they got a good forecheck. Um, they're solid in a lot of areas. And it's going to take every person on our roster uh, firing at full capacity in order to get the results that we want. Jay, they're, they're a decent face-off team. L.A. was a pretty good face-off team. You won the face-off battle. Some people think I make way too much of this. I don't think I do. And i, I got to speak to McLeod, whose brother is an exceptional face-off man for New Jersey, and Bukestead. Yeah. Because I thought they kind of, when they were on the ice, it became, as the series wore on, they started to take over the circle a little bit and you know you take a look at what happened in the Winnipeg series and Vegas's guys did a pretty good job in the faceoffs and had a lot of the puck possession were you surprised at what Buke said of McLeod because McLeod's been a sub 50% guy and he hovered in the oh, I think he finished at 60 or 61% in the series yep you know what um it's a credit to those individuals for digging in, number one. Um, face-offs are a big part of the game if you can start with the puck rather than chase it. Um, one of the things for our staff is we view face-offs as a special team. And I'm going to give credit to Mark Stewart, who that's a big part of his position, is um, working with our center icemen, uh, not only on their technique and what they're looking for or breaking down the other team's centers, but you know having plans off each each face-off dot, and he does uh, a lot of work with that, takes a lot of pride in it, and for it to show up at that time of year, I thought it was great, and um, it's a credit to Mark and a credit to our centerman. You don't just have to manage your players. Uh, you have to manage a lot of outside noise as well, and it's relentless with the media. And the final question I have for you is, you know, is it is it a privilege? Is it a part of the process? Is it a pain? How do you kind of see it? I see, you know, being the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers as a, as a great privilege. It's also a responsibility that I take seriously. In the end, in interviews like this, I view it as it's my ability to communicate with our passionate fan base, the best fan base in the National Hockey League. Um, we're working to make sure uh, that we make our community proud. Um, we're proud to be Edmonton Oilers. We're proud to represent our city. We're proud to represent the province of Alberta in the playoffs. And, um, you know, for us, um, you know, we're excited about our opportunity that's before us. We're proud to represent the province of Alberta in the playoffs. I kind of like that. That's Jay Whitcroft. He's the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, a sit-down one-on-one conversation. By the way, I was wrong on my face-off numbers for McLeod. He wasn't at 61 or 62%. He finished the series at 64.6%. 
Duke said it was at 56.8. Dry settles at 54.3. Dry, uh, McDavid had a great game six in LA to get almost to 50% in the series. Vegas, they got some guys that can win draws. Carlson, 55% against the Jets. And Chandler Stevenson, who had four goals, eight points in five games, 55.7% after being 58% in the regular season. Nicholas Waugh was at 54% as well. Vegas is big and good down the middle. Eichel, Carlson, Stevenson, and Waugh. Uh, they've got a way deeper team than L.A., uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be a. It's going to be a battle. Vegas and Edmonton coming up. It's one fifty in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. It's one fifty four in Edmonton. We're going three hours the rest of the way through the Oilers playoff run. Round number two gets started Wednesday. Do we, we still don't have an official puck drop time? It's going to depend on what happens tonight between New Jersey and the New York Rangers as they play Game Seven. We heard from head coach Jay Woodcroft. He was our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. They're still making it great. 14 Edmonton and area locations. they got spots in Red Deer and in Calgary as well. And you can get Royal Pizza's new Canadian Club Pizza with ham, chicken, bacon, ranch, and fresh tomatoes. You can visit royalpizza.ca. Eric Francis coming up out of Calgary to give us a little bit of perspective on uh, how this all came to be. Um, the reality of um well yeah you know daryl sutter no longer in calgary mark and st albert by the way says yes the oilers represent the province of alberta except for anybody who is a flames fan they can suck it says mark in st albert you know i was the never biggest the you know the biggest calgary sucks guy i mean i i would have loved round two of the 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 pacific division final round two to see a rematch of Edmonton and the Calgary Flames. You know what? I'm going to throw that out there right now. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Would you rather see the Oilers play Calgary in round number two or deep down inside somewhere in the recesses of your mind? Are you a little bit happy that the Flames missed the playoffs outright? Tell us the truth because you know what? You couldn't argue with how it ended last year for the Edmonton Oilers. And think about the changes that have resulted in the Flames organization since there. The decision by Johnny Goodrell not to re-sign. Matthew Kachuk to say he doesn't need an extension. So Kachuk gets traded to Florida. They seemingly, Brad Treleving makes a good trade. Gets back Jonathan Huberto, 115 points last year. Mackenzie Weger, a real good defenseman, a first-round pick that they packaged to send off with Monaghan to get rid of his contract. Gone. Brad Treleving as general manager, head coach Daryl Sutter. That's the news today in Calgary. It's crazy what happened. But at the end of the day, don't, don't you kind of wish we were having another battle of Alberta for the Pacific Division Championship? What do you think? You tell us. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Brendan, what about you, man? You got 35 seconds to chime in here. What do you think? Yeah, it's what we experienced in terms of the emotional investment of the province and, frankly, of the hockey world uh, when we saw the Battle of Alberta last year, I, I'm disappointed we won't get to experience that. But uh, to be honest, I, I think just watching this Edmonton Oilers side against any club is a treat. It's been such a fun six games, and I can't wait to see what else they're able to accomplish. 
Gord Oil says, happy to be playing the Golden Knights, Bob. Frankly, the Flames just weren't good enough. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It's going to be a battle against Vegas, but in the back of your mind, would you rather play Calgary for another battle of Alberta? You know, the owners have done them well. I mean, Calgary has won one of them, kind of, when Steve Smith scored on himself. You tell us... Uh, Oh, Bob, he didn't say they suck. He said they can suck it. I'm okay with that. I'd, I'd cheer for Calgary if Edmonton isn't, is, uh, isn't in it. Too bad they sucked this year. <laughs> the texter. Well, we'll talk about the Calgary Flames and the missed opportunity with the Battle of Alberta with Eric Francis after a global news weather traffic update uh, with Randy Kilburn.